fights I couldn't handle Get ready for a battle Cause you know Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. It's a great day to be in church, isn't it? Come on. Any day's a great day to be in God's house. It's a great day. We're in our second installment of Builders. And uh, I want to ask you a question that, that Moses had to ask himself. And that's who we're looking at today, our second builder, Moses. Last week we started with Abraham, but who are you? Ask yourself, who am I? Moses had to ask himself that question and settle four key issues in his life. Now, I've talked about Moses over the years numerous times, and, and sometimes it's hard not to repeat yourself. And so I'm going to say some things I've probably said before, but bring out some different things. But you see, the big idea this morning is that you can have this thing called meekness that Moses had, and God was developing in his life. And we have a total wrong concept of this word, this thing called meekness, inner strength, strength under control. I can have peace of mind even when there are challenges taking place. How many would like that kind of meekness in your life? Strength under control. I can have peace of mind in the middle of challenges. How many know what it's like to have challenges at times in life? We're going to talk about that. If you don't know that, you're not alive this morning. Life is full of challenges. And when you make a decision, I want Jesus Christ to build his kingdom in me, and I want him to work through me so I can reach people for Christ, so I can make a difference in this world. I want to be a builder. There's going to be challenges, and God wants us to be able to face those challenges and walk through them with a peace of mind and inner strength. So let's stand together this morning, if you would, and take your Bible. We're going to get right into it, because as we wrap up this morning, I want us to move into a time of communion. And we're going to receive the Lord's Supper together and worship and remember Him and look forward to His return and expectation. That's what communion is all about. So we're going to walk into communion in a few moments this morning. But if you would take your Bible, we're so glad you're here today and we're meeting together. And I pray that you would just open up your, 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 your mind to the things of God this morning, what he would like to put into your life, into your spirit. So let's say it together and allow the Lord to work in us together as we get into the Word of God. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. This is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the Word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we have the app. We have the notes on the app. You can use that. We have a handout, and you could just take that handout and write some notes down and follow along. There's some things that, you know, we want you to remember, take away 
this morning. And our key text, really in the series, is Hebrews chapter 11. We're looking at what is called God's Hall of Fame, God's Hall of Faith. And in this chapter, it lists heroes, and we're calling them builders because God's building his kingdom in them and through them. And we see in this chapter over and over again that they acted in faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Verse 1, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the re their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Faith. We looked at Abraham last week, who's called our model of faith or the father of faith. And Romans 4, 3 says, Abraham believed, trusted in, relied on God, and it was credited to his account as right standing with God or righteousness by faith. By faith. By faith. We call those things which are not as though they are by faith. And that's why we're saying you got to see it before you see it. You have to see it in here before you see it. I want to encourage you to do that. And so we look at Moses, and he's got some, you know, we kind of know something about him, the prince of Egypt. And he was a man, and here's the key thing, he learned. He learned how to resolve the basic issues of life. And as a result, it became a prime example of how to enjoy this peace of mind, how to have this inner strength and confidence and challenges. And so, you know, as I said, life is full of challenges. Have you noticed that we live in some uh, tense and upright times, uptight times? How many realize that this world is kind of uptight, kind of tense? Yeah. We look at Moses... And we look at what he was facing and going through. Someone has called this the age of anxiety. We all face challenging situations that can make us tense, can make us irritable, rob us of that peace of mind. Every year, over $500 million worth of tranquilizers are prescribed so people drop into this emotional low gear and they try to function in life. Moses learned, I'm saying it again, to have quiet, confidence and this inner strength in his life. Say it with me, learned. You see, he learned. It's a process. He made the right decisions and he settled what's most important in life. He gets more coverage than anybody else in God's Hall of Faith, God's Hall of Fame. He was an ordinary man that did extraordinary things. I believe we're all ordinary people here today, but we're capable of doing extraordinary things because of Jesus Christ. I honestly believe that this morning. He made the right choices in the right circumstances, and he's remembered as a great builder, a great leader. More coverage than anybody else in Hebrews chapter 11. He was born a Hebrew. Here's a little backstory. But he grew up a son in Pharaoh's court. He grew up in the palace. At 40 years of age, he flees Egypt because he killed an Egyptian. He saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating a Hebrew slave, and he kills him. Moses had to learn to have the self-control, inner strength, and quiet confidence. It was a learning process. 
He lives as a shepherd for 40 years in the wilderness before he comes back to Egypt at 80 years of age. He leads the children of Israel out of 430 years of slavery. You say, how'd they get there? Well, we talked about Abraham. He had a son named Isaac, the promised child. Isaac had sons. He had one named Jacob, and Jacob's name was turned to Israel by God himself. Jacob had multiple sons. They were living in the promised land. One of those sons is Joseph. He was sold off, went down into Egypt. He became, out of all of his trials and all of his troubles, eventually the second in command in Egypt. There was a famine in the land. His family comes down to Egypt. The people of Israel begin to multiply, and they begin to multiply and multiply, and they are virtually turned into actual slaves in Egypt. 430 years of slavery living in Egypt And God speaks to Moses, and he leads them out of Egypt. He receives the Ten Commandments from God. He writes the first five books of the Bible that we know as the Torah or the Pentateuch. God uses Moses in numerous miracles. We see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Let's look at that. And uh, we're going to read 23 through 27. Uh, Let's take a look. There we go. By faith, Moses, when he had become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward And then by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he settles these four key issues in his life. And as I looked at these, I believe they're the same issues that you and I need to settle in our lives because God wanted to build the builder Moses, and God is concerned about you. He wants to build your life. He wants to be intricately involved in your life so you can begin to build the kingdom of God, but he wants to build you as he's building the kingdom of God. What does that mean, build the kingdom of God? That means I believe people need to hear about Jesus. How many believe people need to hear about Jesus? I believe people need to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. I believe people need to know how to live for Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. I believe we have an answer for the world today, and his name is Jesus, and that is what God is calling us to do. No matter where you are and what you're doing in life on a daily basis, you also have another calling, and that is that people around you need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen? God wanted to work in Moses' life to build him, to build him. It's a process. And so he had to settle this issue of, number one, identity. Identity. By faith, Moses, when he had become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here it is. Know who you are. Who am I? It's a shame. It's a problem with so many people today. They really don't know who they are. And you can only know your true identity by knowing God, the one who designed you, the one who created you. The place you find yourself is in Jesus Christ. And Moses settled the issue, who am I? When he grew up, 
When he became of age, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. When he grew up, there's a key right there. Pharaoh, the most powerful king of the greatest kingdom of the world at that time, he had proclaimed that every Jewish baby boy should be killed, be put to death. But Moses' mother said, no, I just can't do that. She took her baby boy, she made a basket, she placed him in the Nile River, and she put him among the reeds, and we see that she took her daughter and said, I want you to watch over him. Hide there in the bushes, watch over him. And as he was there in the Nile River, Pharaoh's daughter, she comes down and she bathes in the river with all of her servants and attendants and she finds a Jewish baby boy in a basket and she falls in love with this Jewish baby boy and she takes him out of the Nile River and she takes him home to the palace. And here's the conflict as he began to grow up. He was a Jew, but Pharaoh's daughter raised him as an Egyptian. You think, as you read the story, how did he know that? Well, she knew she couldn't nurse the baby. How's she going to raise the baby? She needs a nanny. The little girl there by the river, Moses' sister, says, I know a woman who can do that. It's Moses' mother. And so he's growing up in the palace. And on one hand, he's being groomed to take the kingdom possibly someday. He's a prince of Egypt. And all along, he's being taught. And he knows that he is also Jewish. He's Everyone else, he's a bona fide Egyptian. Years later, at age 40, as he's being groomed to be second command in the kingdom, he had to make a choice. What am I going to do with my life? He had a decision to make. Am I Jewish? Am I Egyptian? Am I slave? Am I royalty? And this decision could affect the rest of his life. He says, if I'm a grandson of Pharaoh, I have fame, I have fortune, I have luxury, I have security, I have it made for the rest of my life. Maybe the throne one day. Who am I? If he says, I am Hebrew, I identify with less than less, with zero. I come from zero, I have zero the possibilities for my life are no possibilities at all. It's rejection, it's humiliation. And, and we look at this and say, well, you know, what would you have done? It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He refused to live the lie. He made his decision, verse 24, he refused. What does that mean to refuse? I disown, I reject what he did there is, I leave no door open. I'm making this choice. And once I make this choice, the door is closed on the path that I have set. I like this because he insisted on being what God made him to be. And no pressure could convince him otherwise. I want you to know, what do you, what's the takeaway? God made you for a purpose. And he wants you to be you. He made you to be you. Quit trying to be someone you're not. Quit, quit trying to be someone else this morning. 
If you try to be someone else, you know what? You're going to find yourself living with apprehension, with fear, with anxiety, with confusion. You're going to find yourself falling prey to trying to please people. Be the man and the woman that God is planning for you to be. Quit trying to allow this culture to squeeze you into its mold. We live in an age of confusion. I want you to know that. Where does confusion come from? It doesn't come from our God. He's not the author of confusion. I'm going to get real right now. I believe we have the answer, Jesus. Amen? I'm preaching to the choir here today. It's time for us to stand up with the answer. It's time for us to stand up and have a loud, bold, loving voice against the 600 plus thousand babies being murdered and aborted every year in America. It's our time for us to stand up for life. Come on, amen? amen? Amen. It's time for us to stand up, boys and girls, young men and young ladies that are in the sex slave trade industry being trafficked. It's time for us to stand up boldly and lovingly and speak out against it. It's time for us to stand up and boldly and lovingly speak out against the radical I'm not going to be politically correct, and I don't apologize for that. The radical homosexual agenda in America. We need to stand up. We love every man and woman. And I want you to know, our God is not the author of confusion. When he says, I made them in my image, male and female, he knows what he is doing. There is a deceiver, there is a liar, there is a confuser, and his name is Satan. We have the answer unapologetically. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. You say, I don't want to get political. Moses went before Pharaoh. You tell me it wasn't political. The largest government of the world at that time. Elijah went before King Ahab and John the Baptist went before Herod. We have a job to do and we can't remain silent. We need to be the vocal, bold, loving church of Jesus Christ. No apologies. Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't live according to the deceiver. 70,000 plus overdose drug deaths in America last year. Enough is enough. We have a Savior. He has a plan for your life. It's a good plan. Moses settled the issue. He refused no door opening. He insisted on being who God made him to be. He has a purpose for you and your life. You know something? If not, you're going to live, as I said, with fear and confusion and people-pleasing. When you allow God to build you into the person he plans for you to be, you're going to be liberated. Does that sound good? Free. Come on, how many want to be free? We sing about it, we talk about it, you're going to be liberated. How would we remember Moses today if he wouldn't have made that choice? Maybe, maybe a mummy in a museum. Maybe we would see his, you know, uh, sphinx there or whatever on the History Channel, the Discovery Channel. But he made the right choice. It wasn't easy. He grew up knowing his true identity, but he had to choose. God calls him in the wilderness 
at the burning bush. He leaves Egypt at 40 years of age. He is a shepherd, the palace, the tending sheep in the wilderness for 40 years. He comes upon the burning bush, and it's burning, and it's not being consumed. And what does God tell him? The voice out of the burning bush. Do you might remember? Moses. Come on, how many's watched Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments? Come on, that's the classic. It's better than the cartoon. You've got to watch the real thing. Moses, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. We kind of chuckle at that, but we're here this morning. This is holy ground. This isn't the movies. We're not in a sporting event. We're in the presence of a holy God. Sometimes we fail to recognize that, and we become so casual. He loves us with the great love. He's personal, but he's holy. And that's not for us to fear. That's for us to be in awe and reverence that this holy, perfect God wants to communicate with you and me and have a relationship. He takes off his shoes, and God begins to speak to him. I want you to lead the children of Israel. I want you to build a nation. And what do we see? Come on, he's a man like we are. He's full of excuses. How many's ever had excuses for why you can't do something for God? Yeah, full of excuses. Well, well, I'm not qualified, God. I think you've picked the wrong guy. You've picked the wrong guy to lead and to build. This is what Moses was saying. He says, who am I really? And, and, and you've picked the wrong guy to lead. You picked the wrong guy to build. Who am I really? You, you know, I was at the palace, but I'm just a shepherd. I've been wandering around here for 40 years with sheep. And God really says to him, when you go back at Exodus and reads, he responds to him, Moses, you've got it backwards. The thing is, I am with you. Amen. God, I can't, I'm not able. God, you, you know, I, I, I'm with you. We keep looking at ourselves. Let's look to this great and mighty God, amen? We can't do this in our culture. Times have changed. People have changed. Church attendance is dwindling, and, and people do not respect or really believe in God. God, we can't do this today. We can't be leaders and influencers. You know, people just really don't want anything to do with you, God. He says, that. no, 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 no. I am with you. I am with you. He had the excuse, what if the children of Israel, I go back to them and they don't listen to me and God says, you know, when I'm finished, <laughs> when I get done doing what I'm going to do and believe you me, they're going to listen. They're going to listen. He's another excuse. I'm not even a good speaker. I can't speak God. And God says, guess who made your mouth? I've got this. I've got this. And here's the big one. And Moses says, and, and really, who are you exactly? I, I, I hear you, but I really don't know you. And by the way, what, what, what is your name? Who are you? And here's God. He goes, I am who I am. And we go, well, what does that mean? He goes, I have no beginning of days. I have no end of days. No one created me. No one sustains me. No one holds me up. I am all sufficient. I am all powerful. I am who I am. I am ever present. 
Moses, I am everything that you will ever, ever need. I am. God, I can't do this. God, it's too much. And he just says to you this morning, I am everything that you'll ever need. Everything. I am. I am. So he sells the issue of identity and then the issue of responsibility. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. What this means, you're going to have to take, we're going to have to take personal responsibility for our lives. Stop making excuses and blaming other people. You know, I'm just going to say, I think we're living in a day of blamers also. Blamers. 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 Take personal responsibility. Stop making excuses. If you want to make an impact with your life, it's your choice. If you want to be a leader, it's your choice. If you want to be a builder, it's your choice. If you want to be an influencer, it's your choice. You pray as much as you want to pray. You read the word as much as you want to read the word. You serve as much as you want to serve. You give as much as you want to give. And to a certain degree, you're as whole as you want to be. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Yes, I want to be whole. We need to stop blaming others. Do you want to be free? Do you want to have peace? And he's given us the freedom of choice. And our choices are going to determine our future. Verse 24, we have Moses refusing. 25, we have Moses choosing. He follows a negative action with a positive action. God chose Moses first, but Moses had to choose God. And God's chosen you, but he's waiting for you to make a choice for him. That initial choice to start their journey. That initial choice to receive Christ as your Savior. That choice that God's going to build in you and build through you and allow you to be a builder in the kingdom. When he had grown up, became of age. A mark of maturity is when you accept responsibility for your own life, when you stop blaming other people. Moses was a baby. He was a child. He could live off his parents' faith in God, but he had to make a decision for himself. Am I going to go God's way? You can't live off other people people's Christian commitment. You can't live off your parents. You can't live off your grandparents. You can't live off some friends, some relatives. You know, the saying is true. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children. You can't live off other people's commitment. You can't keep blaming others for the direction of your life. And our culture says the opposite. It's not your fault. You're a product of your environment. Blame your parents. Yes, blame your parents. Why not? My dad's fault, my mom's fault. Blame somebody. How many, you think I'm getting too hard today? Culture says you're a victim. I think the word of God says, and Jesus Christ would say today, quit playing the victim card, you're a victor in Jesus Christ. Amen? We, there's some things we can't control in life. I had no control over who my parents would be. I had no control over when I would be born. I had no control over the place I'd be born. There's some things I can't control. There's some people that did some things. I can't control that in my life, but I can control how I will react and how I will live. I refuse to blame anyone any longer. I am not a victim. I'm a victor in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna tell you, no one can ruin your life except you. At some point, 
You got to stop blaming. Now the issue of priorities. The priorities in life. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures, riches in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Moses decided what's really important in life. If you're going to be a builder, if you're going to be an influencer, for God, you have to settle the issue of what really is important in life. It says he looked at, and let's look at this word, esteeming or regarded. It means to, your version may say esteeming, one says regarded. It means to evaluate, to consider, to weigh in the balance, to judge. So it's, I think, a serious question. I want you to think, what am I living for? Who am I living for this morning? What are my values? What are you building your life on? Who are you building your life on? Those are some things you can write down, begin to answer today, this week. What is your worldview? I'm going to say, if you don't decide, there's other people who want to decide for you. Our culture would love to squeeze you into its mold, to mold its value system. And I'm going to say, many have accepted Christ as your Savior, but it comes to a point that you need to become a leader and a builder instead of letting this culture lead you around. You know who you're building your life on. You know the values that you're building your life on. You know the truth that you're building your life on. You establish a value system for your life. We see the world's value system. It says in verse 24, power and prestige. That's the world. I want to be famous. Power and prestige. That's part of the world's value system. We see possessions. I want and I want and I want. And there's nothing wrong with having things. I want you to know that. Sometimes we Christians, we get mixed up. Nothing wrong with having things. The Bible's full of godly, wealthy people. But the Bible says man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. It's just not a catchphrase. We can possess things as long as things do not possess us. How many heard that this morning? Wealth will not bring ultimate happiness. You ask some people how much money is enough and what they're going to say, just a little bit more. We can possess things, but don't let things possess us. Money is to be used and not love. God wants us to use things and love people. Pleasure. Nothing's wrong with pleasure unless it's your God. Moses had his priorities right. Here's his value system. God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. People are more valuable than possessions, and God's peace is more valuable than pleasure. It says sin. Egypt always represents sin. Egypt always represents a lifestyle of bondage, a lifestyle where there's no freedom. That is what Egypt represents in the Bible. Sin is fun. How many had fun when you sin? Come on. How many had lots of fun? How many had too much fun? How many found out fun doesn't last? It doesn't last. Fun has paydays. Fun has a kick. Yeah, you're getting a kick, it's going to kick you. You see? Moses understood there was something more important to life. He rejects the world's measure of success. He rejects the world's pleasure. And he rejects the world's treasure. The big three right there. Because he knew God's way satisfies. He knew he'd be miserable not doing what God called him to do. And the final issue, it's the issue of difficulty. 
How much am I willing to commit? It's never easy. Sometimes I get carried away, and I ask you guys to repeat too much. I know that. That's a habit I, I have, and I've got to kind of curtail that. Years ago, when I wore a necktie and suit on Sundays, that's like in the old days, many years ago, I used to have this habit of like this with my neck, and people would tell me, you know, habits are hard to quit. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Difficulty. Sometimes we think, if God's calling me to do it, it's going to be easy, it's going to be smooth, this door's going to open, and I'm going to walk through here. It's going to be hard. Just tell your neighbor, it's going to be hard. It's never, never easy. Don't think it's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, and how much are you willing to commit? Verse 27, by faith, he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. There's a good word right there. Endured, as seeing him who was invisible. So what motivated Moses? Why did he make the right choice? And the answer is, verse 26, he looked ahead to the reward promised by God. Moses had the right perspective. He had God's viewpoint. It all depends on what you're looking at. Here it is, vision. You've got to see it before you see it. It's hard. It's difficult. Nothing's easy. I want to live for Christ. I want to make a difference for Jesus. How many's found out when you have really declared that, and you believe that in your heart, and you've spoken that out loud, that there's been some difficulty along the way. I'm going to build a business that is God-honoring and blessing. How many have found out it's been difficult? We're going to build the church of Jesus Christ, not only here in Quakertown, but we're going to go to Pittsburgh. And everybody asks, how's the work going? It's difficult. It is. God's in it. We're moving. It's good. If we're going to do it right, we're slowing up so we can do it right. We're not going to open up this fall. What crazy man had that idea? <laughs> now, you're going to hear, <laughs> we need some pros now. Guys like me, we're, we're about at the end of the line here. You know, and so we have our building permit. That's a great thing. We got our building permit. So we can take down some walls. We need framers and drywallers and finished drywall. We need these guys or ladies. And so uh, that's going to go out. I'm going to need you to show up. And we're going to do that when we're starting that very, very soon. But, you know, just the challenge of sound and media. And once we accept one of the bids, it's going to be like a month and a half getting that installed. So we want to do this right. How many would say we should do this right? So we're talking in the spring here, but it's difficult, and there's challenges, and nothing ever goes easy, and we need people. That's what's most important, people and ministry. We want to be healthy here and healthy there, and we had a great start there, people knowing we're coming to the community, but there's challenges along the way. It's never, never easy, and we look at people, man, I want to have a business like she has or he has and we say things like that but are you willing to pay the price do you want to get up early do you want to stay up late do you want to take the money that they invested and took the risk on to start that business oh i want the benefits do you want the difficulty how many hear what i'm talking about yeah and, and it's not poor me but man 
When Jesus called me into the ministry, I took it seriously, and I said, yes, Lord, because that's the questions we've been asking the last couple weeks to get to the point we're at right now. Are you willing to say yes to the Lord when he calls you? But I had no idea the process he would take me through. And he's still taking me through because this is the principle of the process God wants to build you so he can build through you correctly. You're more important to God than the project that he's working on. But we think the project's more important. He's all about people. He's all about you. How many thinks that you still need some work? Well, I'm raising my hand for you. Some of you still need some work. (laughs) I need some work. I still need some work. I'm thankful that he doesn't, you know. See, he takes us through this, and we think this word endure. So what we focus on becomes most important, and vision is so important. It's the secret of endurance. Vision enables you to endure when you want to give up, when you feel like giving up, when it's too hard. God, I... I, The finances need to come through. God, I need a job. God, the health report is devastating. God, this is going on in my marriage. God, I'm drowning here. I'm going under. Can't you see what's going on, God? This is too hard. But we have the vision. We got to see it before we see it. It was hard for Moses. Nine times, ten times, he went before Pharaoh. And God said, I'm looking at the clock because I just don't want us to run through communion. But God said, go before Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to let you go. I think he probably thought the first time he went to Pharaoh, it would happen. How many's found out that's not always the first time? I want you to endure. You feel like you're going under. You feel like giving up. It's hurtful. It's painful. It's kicking your tail all the way down the road. And you say, I just can't take it anymore. God says, keep your eyes on me. You're going to endure. It's time to endure. Get the right vision. See it before you see it. Well, he went the first time and the water became blood. That was the plague. Can you imagine everywhere the water was blood? Then the frogs. This is where the frogs get creepy. Come on. Frogs everywhere. I mean, frogs are in your house. Frogs are in the bed. Frogs are coming up out of the commode. Frogs are in the sink. Frogs are everywhere. Be careful. Lice. You can't even see that. Lice everywhere. Flies. Beelzebub, Lord of the flies. That's what, the flies. You ever had flies just flying in your ears and in your eyes? Flies, flies, flies. Diseased livestock boils everywhere. Boils. Hail. Locusts. This is darkness so thick you could feel the darkness. And every time Moses go before Pharaoh and it gets harder. Before Pharaoh and it gets harder. Before Pharaoh It's never easy. That's why you've got to see it before you see it. Keep your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the reward. God is in this. Amen? He's in this. He's in this. So ask yourself this morning, how much am I willing to commit? You see, the test of time determines whether we can endure the seemingly unfruitful seasons. 
then we can begin to recognize and capture our opportunities in the right season. Don't let the problems destroy you. Allow them to draw you closer to God. How many's found out the difference between no and not yet? That God's delays are not God's denials. God's in this. There's no progress without problems. In fact, there's no advancement without adversity. God's the master builder. He's building you. He's not finished with you. It's time to get the right perspective with the right vision so you can endure and walk through this thing and walk out of this thing. In Jesus' name. Ushers, would you come? What about the 10th one? Yeah, this was it right here. Because the Lord said, I'm going to send the death angel throughout all of the land. And I'm going to take the male firstborn of your family, of the livestock. Go ahead, if you wouldn't, pass out the elements. Hold them there. And we're going to receive. Unless... This is how we get to communion today. This is the forerunner. Unless that firstborn is covered by the blood. He said, if you want to be covered and spared from the death angel, you take that lamb, you take that pure spotless male goat, firstborn, the best of the best, and you take and apply that blood to the doorpost of your home. You're going to roast that lamb. You're going to eat that unleavened bread. And you're going to celebrate the Passover. Because I'm going to pass over you. If you're covered by the blood, you're going to live. Wait to hear this. When they put that blood on their doorpost, the way God told them to, instructed them through Moses, they did not realize. They had never ever heard of a cross. That wasn't invented yet. The Romans hadn't come along yet. But when they placed that over their household, it was in the form of a cross, pointing the way to Jesus Christ, who would come one day and fulfill that covenant established. You see, the blood of the lamb and the blood of the goat, without its imperfections could only last so long. God would honor so long. But one day he would send a Savior, his only begotten son, Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. This is my body, which is broken for you. If you receive my blood, you're going to live. I'm in the living, how about you? You receive my perfect body, which is broken for you. There's healing and wholeness for you. I absolutely believe that today. He heals our brokenness, our wounds, our emotions. He heals our bodies. I'm going to believe him today. Maybe this will help redirect your vision. 
that Jesus is with you in the building process. And what you're going through isn't there to destroy you, but to build you. Let's put our eyes on him right now. It says, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We turn to you, Lord, right now in a day of violence and chaos and confusion. We turn to you where we would want to be silenced in your church silence for being labeled politically incorrect and hateful. What a lie from the enemy. We are speaking the truth in love so people can have life and freedom that is only found in you, Lord. It's our prayer today to build, build us, build, expand your kingdom. We take by faith Quaker Town for Jesus Christ. We take by faith Upper Bucks County, Southern Lehigh Valley. We take by faith Pinsburg, Upper Perk, by faith. Say with me, by faith. How many believe we're going to take it for Jesus Christ? How many believe there's people in your family that are going to accept Jesus Christ? Friends that are going to accept Jesus Christ. God-haters that are going to accept Jesus Christ. There are people that have no concept right now that very soon they're going to be worshiping the living God in the house of God because we are taking this area by faith in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Lord, we are forever grateful that you shed your blood and your body was broken. As we receive, the worship team is going to sing. Lord, thank you for giving your body as a sacrifice. You were broken for our healing. Thank you, Lord. Let's eat together. Jesus took the cup and said, this represents my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. We drink in awe. We drink in worship. We partake, Lord. We're not worthy, but it's not based on us. It's based on you. You are worthy. We thank you, Lord. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand this morning and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up holy hands unto him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
As we close in prayer, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot stop. I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot stop. You can't be stopped. Do you believe that this morning? You can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. He's everything that you ever need. We can't be stopped. The church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to close in prayer. If you need prayer after I close in prayer, you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, today's your day. Start that journey. Begin to experience His life, His love for you. If you're going through something and you're just struggling with endurance, that's why we pray for each other. We're going to spur each other on to good works. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. So, Lord Jesus, today, I pray for my friends, my brothers, and my sisters. I pray that we would leave here today empowered, encouraged. You're building us. You're building us. You have plans and purposes. I'm going to settle the issue. I'm yours. You're my God. I'm taking responsibility. If it's difficult, if it's challenging, it's all right. My God is with me. It's worthwhile. You're building me. You're building something through me. And I thank you for it because I cannot be stopped. We will not be stopped. In Jesus' name, we go lovingly and boldly to represent you this week. In the name that is above every name, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Amen.